know what's going on at TXX right now? Well, jump onto Facebook or jump onto Instagram and check us out. Or if you're not into social media because you think it's going to be the death of society, jump onto 2xxfm.org.au. It's a great website. It's got your 2XX track of the week on it. It's got a great programming list letting you know exactly what's going on right here. And always remember, it's your community radio station. Indeed, it is your community radio station. Good morning, listeners, and welcome to this week's news from the drug war front. My name is Jeff. My co-presenter is Marion. Good, Good morning. morning, everybody. Lovely to talk to you this morning. And it's a beautiful morning, but don't go out into the wind. Well, I got confused because I looked out the window yep. and saw, <laughs> saw the, the sun, sun. <laughs> and thought... Got I, encouraged. I'd uh, put on my... Um, New Harm Reduction Victoria T-shirt. That's a great T-shirt too. I tell you, listeners, it's a real doozy. Very leery. It's a cracker, isn't it? I'm impressed. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, felt that wind and thought, ooh, no, I think I need a jacket too. (laughs) No, it's a spooky one. Yeah. So stay behind the glass, turn on your radio, turn it up loud because we've got some music and some interesting news about, uh, well, drugs and the decriminalisation procedure. I think that's probably the biggest issue of the times. I mean, Well, we've got approaching date. It's October the 28th, isn't it? That is right. That's the date. It's my mum's birthday. It's been legislated. It just waits for... Yes, yeah, so come into please effect. remember, everybody, it's, they're not legal yet. They haven't been decriminalised yet. The operational date is October the 28th, 2023. And sadly, before, I mean, we'll get into some detail um, as the show goes on, but I always expected that the News Corporation, when it came down to it, were going to do a hatchet job on it, as they have done well, for decades. As on- soon as it became an absolute big issue, yeah, once it got headline status... So the closer it gets to the time, yep. same as they're doing with the voice, Jeffrey. Yeah, yes. how many times have we read out the statement from the heart? Yeah, what a generous and it's... really heartwarming document that is, and and an invitation to us all to connect and be a part of a real part of Australia, and invite us to. Cooperate, if you like, or collaborate with Indigenous or First Australians. Well, at least make an effort to recognise that it wasn't in all... in the Constitution, and then bloody Dutton comes out and says, oh, yeah, but we'll have another referendum. Hang on, we'll down this one, and we'll have another referendum. Why not just negotiate, yeah, the terms of the, the voice instead of just saying, nah, that's so Tony Abbott. It's yeah. unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah. It, look, it's really disappointing. He just makes an idiot of himself. And it diminishes Australia as a country. Oh, Queensland copper. I'm sorry, darling. Queensland male copper. Say no. Yeah. Say no to everything. And then negotiate differently. I mean, almost all of these Anglo countries have tried at least to reconcile. Some form. Or some, some form. You know, like yeah. Canada's had these recent discovery of... Um, Children's graves. Dead bo- yeah. yeah, babies. Babies uh, dead at, at behind um, residential orphanages. For, yeah, yeah, residential yeah. schools and orphanages. Run by religious Canberra groups. Run, yeah. Yes, which is really frustrating and frightening. And But they've been very vocal about it. And if you watch um, the uh, NICN, NITV, yeah. they often have programs on it. And I watch that regularly. They actually, have some great They have a lot of news about First Nations stuff yeah. around the world, not just locally. Yeah. And it's really good to have people standing up and being counted and having a, a, medium, a medium by which we can hear what's going on. 
Well, can't and, we have an honest discussion instead of dog whistle politics? And how do you know, we have an honest discussion when honesty goes out the window when politicians walk in? It's really difficult when we're talking about confrontational. It's hard yeah, to disagree. Politics. <laughs> That, I mean, and that's what it is. It's about yes, no politics. Yeah. So, yeah. And I find that just, it's so frustrating when I live in a suburb that's full of people are going, yes, just say yes. And they've gone out in their front yards, yeah? Say yes. Yep. Every front yard. What did you make of the advertisement with uh, the John Farnham? Well, look, I actually thought the, word, <laughs> the, the I thought the song should have been there in the first place for recognition. I wondered if they, why did they not say, look, this song just, well, so popular yeah. and so catchy. I mean, it made an in- it is. immediate impact. Just when it when it was first there, it yeah. was such a good one, and so white Australian that it made sense to include that to say to other white Australians, if you don't understand it, yeah, talk about it. This is the voice. Come and talk about this stuff. And despite all the disadvantage, yeah. First Nations people have made enormous contributions to our. Sporting history, cultural history, artistic history, yep, yep. you know. And in the last oh, the last two or three generations, the you know, the the quality of the education that they are giving each other and themselves means that they now have people who are who are in a position where they can confront the ideals of even the best laid plans or the concepts behind the best laid plans yep. to say Okay, let's connect yeah. and reconcile. And, and it's a long project. Have a truth telling. It is a long project and you have to start somewhere. Yeah. I mean, we'll start again somewhere, Jeffrey. Yeah. You know, we started in the sixties, but we waited sixty years. Let's get back to it. Yeah. Let's just get reality. Yeah, yeah. Let's have some remember um South Africa had the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, yes. which you had you know, the Afrikaners admitting their um acts of you know. Yep. Uh, killing people and you know they and and also the ANC and it was a really cathartic way of moving beyond old you know um, bitterness. Yeah, and, and it doesn't it doesn't matter. It doesn't change people's minds. No. Yeah, but it just highlights what's happened in the past and says, okay, we acknowledge that that happened. Yeah. And it's about saying this is honestly what happened. Yeah. And it, <laughs> bit of honesty and sunshine can't hurt. No, sunshine. That's a Big point, actually, Jeffrey. Bring it out in the light. Yeah, shine yeah? a bit of light. Shine yeah. a bit of light on it. All right. Um, welcome, listeners, to today's edition of News from the Drug War Front, brought to you by Karma, which is the Canberra Alliance for Minimisation and Advocacy, and The Connection, Karma's peer-based drug and alcohol service for First Nations clients. Uh, News from the Drug War Front, Front promotes the broader array of services provided by Karma and also reports on stories that are relevant to illicit drug users from Australia and also around the world, uh, although we're staying pretty close to home, I think, for most of today's edition. Yep. Um, and we also hope to promote discussion and education about the need for some different approaches to dealing with um, prohibition as a way of, you know... Illegal status of yeah, certain drugs certain and drugs. other drugs that are just... Well, you know, and that's been, over the last few weeks, there's been heaps of stuff about alcohol and what a toxic poison that's been to society. Yes, As opposed not to the drugs that uh, have little or nothing in the way of physical ramifications for their users yeah. or they are therapeutic for users, as in marijuana, but are treated because of their legal status as being, you know, on the fringes of society and what that does to the people who consume those drugs. And we concentrate on that regularly because harm reduction is about reducing or 
getting rid of the uh, harms that are created largely by the war on drugs, mm. which came from Nixon, thank you very much, and the the acknowledgement that drugs' legal status plays an enormous role in how we see the people who consume them. So it's a war on drug users, not Absolutely. a war on yeah. drugs itself. It's a war on drug users. No, because what? if we were war- having a fight about drugs, <laughs> alcohol would be the first one out the window, yeah? <laughs> who would who would legalise something like that? Well, it when causes it kills many more harms. people yeah, yeah, when by road traffic accidents and, yeah, uh, and domestic violence. Domestic violence, um, assaults. Um, it's know. just phenomenal. Anyway. And, and what gets me is the alcohol industry is so powerful they can actually keep... Um, you know, preventing. And as a cigarette smoker, <laughs> the taxation on cigarettes is monumental. <laughs> Another issue. Yeah. Absolutely. But the same sort of thing applies. Yeah. 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 Anyway, um, Karma is a Canberra Alliance for Harm Minimisation and Advocacy. As Jeffrey said, it's Canberra's only peer-based drug user group. Karma provides a broad range of services, including client advocacy, peer treatment support, education, representation, information, creative arts and referrals. The office is in Level 1, Unit 17, 54 Benjamin Way in Belconnen, and its landline number is 6253-3643. The office hours are 10am to 4pm, Monday to Friday. Now, this afternoon, because it's the first Tuesday of September, is the Naloxone Overdose Awareness uh, Overdose. Response and recognition and response workshop. It's a mouthful, isn't it? Recognition and response. I call it the naloxone workshop. It's like learning people, learning to teaching people to deal with opioid overdose by the use of naloxone or nixoid, which is the the nasal spray that's now been developed to reverse the effects of opioid ingestion. However, it happens, and you can usually tell, but. You can learn about that. First Tuesday of every month, Dave and Damo run, Dave or Damo, will run a course at the Early Morning Centre. It's available at other times too, but we know every Tuesday, every first Tuesday of the month at the Early Morning Centre on Northbourne Avenue yep. in the city. From two o'clock. So you've still got time to ring and book a spot. That's and- right. So 62533-643. Now, a couple of announcements, the 28th of the 9th and the 5th of the 10th. So it's the 28th of this month. And the 5th of the 10th, that's the 5th of October, Dr. Ben will be away for the school holidays, so there'll be no clinic um, at Karma on the on those days, but he'll be back after that. So there's 5 and 7, 12, he'll be back on the 12th. Yeah. Uh, it's just two weeks. Just two weeks, but just be aware that that'll be closed for those days. The Women's Support Group um, takes women with kids, now, so it's yep. a um, support group with women with um, welfare services involvement. Um, you can ring Karma and get in contact with the worker who is... Louise or Michelle. Louise or Michelle, that's right, who are running those groups and see if you can join them if you're interested. The involvement of um, welfare services is really important and the uh, tra- educating those services on how to deal with women... Uh, with drug use issues or dr- who have drug use in their life, whether it's a partner's or their own, and how it impacts their parenting. Um, it's a really important issue and it really needs to be discussed and dealt with. Um, mm, but they, it's just the, the news is that, that you can have it with... Uh, if you still have a child with you, you can still come to the group. Yeah, mm, That's right. Okay, so... 
that's important to yeah. know. And I just want you to see that. What else is there? No, that's all I need to say, really. Yeah, just the, the finger prick testing for Hep C is still yeah, available. That's still available. And um, also finder. the vein finder. Ah, and listen, vein finding, if you ring um, 62533643, find out when it is most convenient for you to come in and have your arms or whenever, wherever um, looked at through the venoscope. Then they can assess for you, with you, what are viable veins mm. that you can use for your intravenous drug use. It's okay? a great piece of kit, yeah. It's a really useful bit of equipment. I'm so glad to hear that they've got it. Um and it's really important to see because they're not cheap, those bits of equipment. And oh, no. individual users really can't afford to use it. But no. Karma's got one and they've got people who are prepared to have a look at your veins. So there's that. Um, there are art groups on Fridays with Natasha. Indeed. For older women. And, yeah. I, and I think uh, Taylor is doing, if it's available, art groups sort of Monday to Friday or oh, yeah, great. at least okay. providing some of the supplies yeah. for people to... Um, yeah. Don't forget the drug checking facility that's in town oh, on Thursdays and Friday this. evening. Cantest Crucial. Fabulous. Um, I meant to go and get a report from them for the last month of their evaluation, but they've been refunded, so they've got at least another 12 months to run, so it'll still be there Thursday, what is it, 2 to 4? Um, and Friday 6 to... I think they changed the Thursday because it was originally it was what ten till eleven till two or something ridiculous. Yeah, and now it's in the afternoon. It, it needs to be more hours. Um, yeah, well, th that would be preferable. But they're lucky. They, I guess, they figure it's they're lucky to be funded, and they've had over a thousand mm, drug responders. samples. Yep. Um, and I saw an advertisement on the door of the NSP this morning because I went over to get before they were open, of course, like an idiot. Um, I went over to get uh, the release from the uh, can test facility on what their evaluation was of the last month of the evaluation, oh, right. yeah. Yep. And they said, uh, the poster on the door says, I only need a tiny weeny bit. So obviously that responded to the fact that uh, I said on the air, you know, that people would be a bit worried about how much they needed to take. Um, because if you, you know, putting out 80 bucks for not even... Um, not even point, not even point one of a gram. Mm. Um, uh, how much are you going to pre prepare to give to the can testing facility? So they said a pinhead. Yeah, a tiny a amount. A pinhead worth. It shouldn't so be a disincentive. Not need to freak out. Yes, shouldn't be a disincentive. Um, and yeah, I just want to say to people: look, if you don't know, if this is a new source of drugs, or even if the drugs have changed through so your supplier. Go and have them looked at if there's time between when you get it and when you use it. Uh, there's always going to be that that perspective, you know, if you're not hanging out and you feel okay, then you can always, if it's a party drug, you can go and, if it, go and get it tested before the party. I'm assuming that's why the hours were selected in the first place. It's about uh, pre-empting weekend usage or, you know. Yeah. And I think there was some confusion with the trial was pill testing. That's right. And, and the actual facility is That's exactly drug, why, yeah. Drug so it's just a matter of saying, you but, know, it's a, it was about getting in before the weekend and saying, well, you know, you can get your pills tested. And knowing that the young people who came, largely young people who had their drugs checked, 
threw them away if they were... If they were toxic or... Yeah, if they um, presented with something other than what they were expecting. And, you know, really good to hear too. I think think it's a huge breakthrough and it's incontrovertible data. Oh, absolutely. And that's that's what we need. I mean, we're always being asked for information or evidence-based and treatment and or evidence shows management. Yep. Anyway. um, If we've got time, there's a good ABC News uh, article from Sunday. Uh, calls to take Canberra's drug checking service can test on the road to better help Australians addicted to hard drugs. Well, I'm not sure that's yeah, the d- reason to do it. To, using yeah, harmless drugs, using harmful drugs. It, yeah, it, but it would be good to see. Uh, it would be can good test to see, facilities yeah. spread around the country. But <laughs> I was just seeing taking it on the road. Does that mean going around the borders yeah, of the ACT slowly? <laughs> An Australia-wide because tour. Go outside the ACT. Oh, whoompa! Here come the coppers. <laughs> no, that wouldn't help at all. Don't think that'd be handy. Okay, I think that's all the um, notices. Oh, uh, barbecues this week. Oaks Estate on Wednesday, eleven fifteen till one thirty, and on Friday at Veterans Park. Same, okay, that's same time. Cross the road from the... Cross the road from uh, the early morning centre. Early morning centre, yeah. yeah. Okay, all right. Um, Song? Uh, I'll just read the uh, disclaimer. Can, news from the Drug War Front reports on news stories that are relevant to illicit drug users from Australia and around the world. Many of the articles featured uh, come from other sources, including the mainstream media. Uh, the contents of this uh, broadcast slash podcast do not necessarily re- reflect the views and policies of Karma and the connection. Karma does not condone nor condemn drug use and does not promote illegal activity. However, we recognise that drug use happens and will continue to happen regardless of laws and United Nations conventions. As such, Karma focuses on harm reduction messages, drug treatment support services, advocacy and community development. We seek to reduce the harms associated with drug use and its criminalisation through the provision of programs that foster community development and the delivery of person-centred holistic healthcare. Karma advocates for equity of health service delivery for all people. Okay, well you picked the first first song, Marion. It's um, at least the Dusty first Spring. Song. Yeah, well, yeah, you actually picked a few. Um, yep. Thanks, thanks to, to Jack. Jack yep. bringing in some extra CDs, uh, which uh, yeah, yeah. So Dusty Springfield and the Son of the Preacher Man. It's um, it was in Pop Fiction, wasn't it? That, Yes, it was, and that was one of the uh, the beauties of it. I just thought, oh, Jack didn't mention that it had Pulp Fiction in there. So I went through those and, bump, that one jumped out at me because I don't think we've done one of Dusty's no, I don't think before we've... or for a long time. So I... it's really good to hear her voice. Beautiful voice she yeah, had too. Yeah, she did. And this is a cracker. It okay, is. Dusty Springfield, son of a preacher man. Whose motorcycle is this? It's a chopper, baby. Whose chopper is this? Zed's. Who's Zed? Zed's dead, baby. Zed's dead.
apologies for that. That was obviously not uh, Dusty Springfield. It no, we're the, just assuming the Comanches. The Comanches, Comanche by the Revels. Um, the name it, of the song was Comanche. I think it's one of those CD covers that doesn't actually have yeah. the tracks numbered. Thanks, See? Jack. But it was off the Pulp Fiction album, and it they aren't numbered. No. Um, the tracks aren't numbered. So, and we thought it was. I thought it was track eight, which well, is I, so it's my fault. Jeffrey put it on on the basis of my say so. So, sorry, gang. If anyway. we can find Dusty's, which is tricky to do while the show's going, um, if we can find Dusty's song, we'll play it. But seem to have a lot of um, technical issues trying to play well, CDs yeah, that well, Jack Especially Conley. one like that where they're not numbered. That's just tricky. But the next one that I've asked for, maybe a bit. It's actually Easier. numbered on the CD. Yeah, fortunately. So yeah, that, that makes will. a huge difference. Uh, look, we're going to get into talking about the, the whole decriminalisation um, uh, issue, but before we do, we've got some um, key points about the bill um, yep. to point out um, that Chris has kindly um, put together. Um, it doesn't start till 28th of October, so it's not happening yet. Many yep. people think it's already started. So it we hasn't. need to set people straight. Police will still have discretion to charge you for possession. If this happens, you can still be fined and locked up for six months maximum, down from two years. So it's about their discretion, Geoffrey, we're talking, yeah? Police well, discretion. So really, you still need to actually behave like a human being. It's certainly not legalisation. It's not legally available. You aren't legally allowed to have it. It is decriminalised. That is, they have reduced the penalties for possession of certain amounts of given drugs. Find out about the legal um, the requirements. Yep. Don't muck around with it. Don't pretend you know what's going on. Don't even assume we know exactly what we're talking about. Double check. Well, there's still a lot of negotiations yeah, and a, training and stuff, stuff to go ahead. There's stuff that needs to be done and you need to figure out, find out what's actually happening. So have a look at the website, have a look at the laws. Anyway, the boundary between possession and trafficking, the threshold, is bigger than the decriminalised amounts. Yeah. It's very important to check the amounts. The decriminalised amounts table is on the ACT website. The table includes heroin, uh, one gram, 1.5 gram for methamphetamines, cocaine, MDMA, and 0.001 gram LSD. It's not like the cannabis law. Police will still confiscate your drugs. You'll be able to choose whether to take a $100 fine or whether you want to discharge your responsibility by having an ATOD, alcohol... um, Another drug drug assessment with the CHN, Capital Health Network. You will only have to attend the assessment, not go to any treatment. Um, Some talking points, the media and cartoon... Um, which is just really in bad taste of, of the Minister for Health uh, in the Murdoch media. It, it basically just causes stigma and discrimination to people who use drugs. This is a very moderate step. It's yep. way less than what the average um, drug user w- was hoping for. And uh, Karma, you know, was definitely negotiating for something a bit a bit more realistic, I would say. Yeah, a bit but, more rational. Then. And without thought... Without thought that the, the input from users was important, really. Yes, yeah. Obviously, what Chris had to say was useful but not valued in terms of how much I is it legitimately okay to have for personal use. I think it made an impact in getting the decrim law passed. Quite clearly, but quite the, clearly. The, but it's a matter about the content of the law itself. And the, the fear amounts. of politicians about the Murdoch media, which they yes. were right to be concerned about. Which is – and the – Politics, politicians, and Murdoch media are not one and the same. No, don't 
be confused about that. But they still, he still has he a lot has of power. He has an impact, has an impact impression on what's going on so essentially the message is this is a moderate very moderate step and it's only partial decriminalization as you can still get locked up for possession if you possess more than the drug offense notice limits and less than the trafficking threshold Mm. Um, and we've got a couple of articles after the 11 o'clock news to sort of flesh out the uh, more balanced um, yep. reporting. I mean, I, I, I could tell you exactly what the Murdoch media's approach would be no, straight well, away. We could Canberra have, we will could be, have a written me- it ourselves, be a mecca for drug use. Absolutely. It'll be a honeypot. It'll attract and people. And Chris addresses that. If you look at the haven for drug tourism in inverted commas, you know, Chris addresses that. And I think we'll actually we'll go through that article after the news. Oh, yeah. Look, um, it's important. Um, well, you brought in the City Weekly, which has a, an article about... That has an article about painkiller confronting the opioid epidemic, and that's about the uh, streaming of uh, painkiller, in inverted commas, which is a, um, a series on uh, Vice, or actually it's on... Um, what is Netflix? Netflix, but it's about um, the boss of Purdue Pharma and the company that oh, produced Oxycontin, that would be interesting. that killed... You know, ten, so many thousands of people of thousands. in the United States. And, in fact, it didn't come to light just how many people it was actually no. killing until a doctor. And this is what the story is about, this streaming service about painkiller. Yep. It's about Purdue Pharma actually, and the role they had to play in, in uh, getting people addicted to OxyContin in the first place through iatrogenic addiction, right? So... Cool. Negotiate, not negotiating with doc- doctors, ring up and say, This guy's getting it's not working for this person. This pain relief is not working anymore. Oh, double the dose. Give they'd more, say, yeah. Double the dose. It's not, it's not habit forming. It's no, not dependent no, no, forming. It's fine. You'll be right. It's not heroin. Yeah. What got me was that they just got away with paying a fine, which they can write off probably as a business expense. You know, Absolutely. no one went and to jail. They, <laughs> no, nobody went to jail except the drug users themselves when they were using heroin. And, yeah? they, and they got caught. Yeah, they got caught because they couldn't get any more OxyContin because it was reduced in its availability. Well, that's right. They just cracked down on, on the doctor's prescription, yeah. right, or oh, prescribing no. rights, and um, people were forced into the street. That's right. I had no choice. And as we say the black market. every week, they yeah. have to go to and the I black market. Think I remember us getting a, um, a media release or a, a, a text from somebody in the United States saying a woman who was a doctor in the US who'd had her prescribing oh, yeah. rights reduced because she had four people. That's right. She was slowly bringing down from um, oxys. DA for were pain relief, pretty and brutal. they jumped on her yeah. and wanted to completely kick her out. So, All right, we'll take you to the news. Be back in about four minutes. Okay. Visit 2xxfm.org.au to show your support. Yes, uh, I can only endorse that uh, comment. 2XX People Powered Radio, 98.3 FM. Great supporter of um, people that are putting together shows with a lot of effort and a lot of love on issues that don't get coverage in the mainstream media, such as ours, which has been on the air for over 15 years. So if you've got any uh, spare cash, you can join as a financial subscriber or do some volunteer work or just uh, check out the TWX website. There's a a number of events coming up um, where you could help out. Uh, It doesn't get much funding. runs on the smell of an oily rag. So um, if you want to keep shows like ours on the air, uh, get into supporting two double X. That would be really, really helpful. Um, one of the things I uh, had the. 
pleasure of doing was representing Karma at the our sister organisation Newer um, in in Sydney uh, on a panel discussing um, ageing gracefully. Well, I think was the title, but it was essentially the fact that a lot of um, drug users have got to ages that um, you know decades ago probably were beyond the realm of likelihood um, in the in the minds of the health sector and um, policymakers. And in fact, a lot of us are still kicking on um, and getting old. And there are specific needs for ageing drug users that um, the current health system uh, is lacking in providing. And stigma and discrimination is straight off the bat one of the big ones. Um, it's amazing how many times the attitude changes if you mention that you're a, a drug user or on a opioid substitution treatment program or, you know, uh, any, any involvement past or present is enough for the attitude to change in many cases, which I think is really wrong, given that the Hippocratic Oath is do no wrong, not uh, cast your morality on um, individuals based on your personal values or stuff you've read in the press. Um, you know, really, uh, taking drugs is part of the human condition. It's not deviant behaviour. And I would say, given the state of the planet at the moment, I think um, a suite of drugs to help people cope is a, a logical um, thing. The key thing is having a harm reduction uh, model, which means honest information, um, trusted advice that people can um, believe rather than um, made-up rhetoric or dramatic um, uh, phrases, um, you know, the just say no, Nancy Reagan sort of stuff, Just it, it just doesn't work. Um, and it's really sad that harm reduction messages aren't able to be um, taught in secondary schools. I think that would be the right time to try and um, have the discussion. I mean, sex education is, is brought up at, at that time in, in school. Yeah. Why shouldn't um, the reality of of, of drugs um, be included but in the sex education classes? Yeah, or I, at, at just at the timing. I would think that would be very, very sensible. And look, if I was a parent, I don't have any kids, but I would want them coming to me if they were considering, you know, smoking cannabis or trying whatever. out whatever, whatever yeah. that they can come to you and for your honest uh, advice and caution and. Your Look, there experience. are a couple of, couple of things about that, Jeffrey. that I think that um, parenting these days, well, not even just these days, because schools provide such a lot of the um, basis, if you like, for discussion about particular topics, and they a lot of parents assume that things like sex and drugs and rock and roll will be covered at school, and they don't discuss it at home. Um, I remember when they were talking about uh, sex education and family planting used to do sex ed at school. Um, and a lot of the parents actually complained because they wanted to do their own version of family planning. But there are other parents who were much, uh, who were more prepared to allow the schools to do it because they didn't want to confront the issues themselves. Yeah, yeah. The bottom line is if you need your kids to behave in a certain way, you need to discuss it with them. Not just tell them how to behave. An discuss honest it conversation. And that's one of the reasons why Murdoch can get under your skin mm. is because 
or their media, Murdoch media, can get under the skin, their skin is because they can, they operate in a vacuum. Mm. Yeah, no, nothing exists in a vacuum except misinformation. And it's and been a winner selling papers for absolutely. decades. Absolutely, you get a get a headline like um, drug uh, addict. Yep. You know, attacks old woman or pregnant woman. Oh, yeah? it's standard it, fare. It's just kind of that's okay. That's bucks right there. Yeah. yeah, that's media. Can't we move beyond those yeah. sort of stereotypes? No, those highlight those headlines are just ridiculous. And if you need your children to understand how to operate in this world, drugs and sex are part of operating in this world. Not because you do or don't want them to take it, but simply because you need your kids to understand how you feel about drugs and how they might feel about drugs. You know, you need to understand how they feel about drug use and whether they believe you or not. I mean, a lot of the stuff that we grew up with Mm -hmm. in terms of drug education was so laughable. Reefer madness. That we didn't believe a word that came out of the mouths of so-called the institutions. And that leads to a lack of confidence in the word of authority. So do you believe anything Mm. that adults say? No. not really. I'm a great supporter for honest discussion and having your kids um, willing to trust you enough to have a conversation about things. That's right. And it's just, look, I have... well, they're not kids anymore. They're men. <laughs> but, yeah, they're young men. And it really, it's about they are prepared to form their own opinions about a variety of subjects, and I respect that. But when they were young, when they were little kids, they why was the current question? Why? Mm. And if you don't answer that question and say, this is my uh, opinion, yeah. though, yeah. and what's, what do you think about it? Wasn't yeah. that part of your role sign, as a parent? I think that you, that's what you get paid for, you know. <laughs> so you sign up for. It sounds like hard if work to me, have, Mary. Well, it is hard work and nobody said it wasn't going to be. No. So if you think you're having a kid and that's all you have to do is just push him out and then say goodbye, no. you're on the wrong bus, honey. It's sort of like a lifetime commitment. It is. Yeah. It's not just 16 years. It is the rest of your life. All right, well, I thought we'd get on to one of these pieces. Um, this is entitled A Haven for Drug Tourism. Yeah, this or, is about, Chris, and, and, and really the the discussion in Canberra. Uh, yes, about um, decriminalisation, uh, the rhetoric around decriminalisation in the ACT. Ahead of the new laws coming in October, it's October the 28th, yep. advocates answer police fears about more drug driving deaths and bikey violence <laughs> with a call to work together. Listening to the police uh, and the ACT government, a person could be forgiven for thinking the looming decriminalisation of some drug possession will only lead to one of two possible outcomes. The ACT would become a haven for drug tourism, with police grappling with increases in drug driving deaths and violence amongst organised criminals. I mean, where in that legislation do you see that as the future? I I mean, that that's uh, well, hyperbole I mean, of the worst. As I say, people operating in a vacuum. Yeah. Yeah, as if there is no other information available. Believe us, there is. It, it, it's laughable, really. Yeah. Or it becomes a beacon for Australia's harm reduction future, which is what it should be, where drug dependence is not stigmatised. We've got a long way to go. Mm. Overdoses are less common. Well, we've done a lot uh, with naloxone to, yeah. to reduce that, and the justice system no longer sags under the weight of people who should never have become ensnared. And the cost of having a conviction is, is lifelong. Monumental. And so it issued. doesn't stop. Yep. No. It, you, you can ruin someone's life, you know. They, they, there's with countries they can't go swoop. to. In one fell swoop. Yeah, jobs they can't, yep. can't get. 
ahead of 28th of October, when the laws come into effect that will allow people to possess small amounts of drugs, including cocaine, heroin and methamphetamine for personal use, Chris Goff is saddened that the first outcome suggested by CT's chief police officer, Neil Gagan, has even been put forward. Chris, the chief executive of Karma, has overcome his own dependence to heroin and works every day with others coping with similar issues. He's also worked very closely with the Australian Federal Police and says the reality of the reforms is likely to be significantly more complex than suggested. Well, it's, I mean, any big reform is, is not black and white. It's, it's not, and it's not a one-line answer, Jeff. Yeah, <laughs> this is not this is not the the definition of harm minimisation, but it is the introduction of it. It's, yeah? it's a start. It'll yeah. be monitored very closely. There'll be uh, the capacity for fixing things that aren't successful. Right. Yeah, or, <laughs> yeah, aren't working yeah. As, as intended. Um, Chris said, is quoted as saying, where there, are good, where there were good relationships between police and support services, there's been enormous steps forward. Obviously, there are harms associated with drug use, but we also realise there's harms associated just with the criminalisation of drug use, Chris said. It's just not accurate to say we're going to lose control of the situation. Uh, it was personally disappointing, but I don't want personal attacks in the media. I have to work with the police, and so far they've been very, quite supportive, which is really well, sad. Well, you wouldn't know, though. Well, you wonder you? whether it's um, exaggeration by... Um, well, and who was, who was presented first with the opportunity to comment, mm -hmm. Yeah. What do you have to say about about the legalisation, legal availability of drugs, you know, for drug addicts? I mean, they, that's the kind of question they'd be asked as a soundbite, yeah? yeah? So they respond in kind. Well, that's that'd be dreadful. That'd be damaging. Not everything you read in the paper is uh, yeah. gospel well, look, truth. The, it goes, the article goes on. We just don't know what's going to happen. It's the first time an Australian jurisdiction has decriminalised the possession of these drugs. Ahead of the change, Gagan told News Corp this week that it would be, quote, naive not to think that people won't come down even for a weekend to get coke and not to worry about the cops. It's a reality we can't ignore. But he also acknowledged that, to be honest, as he's quoted, we just don't know what's going to happen. The ACT Health Minister, Rachel Steden-Smith, said in a statement to Guardian Australia that Gagan himself, Gagan himself had acknowledged the need to treat drug use as a health issue rather than a criminal one. In March, Gagan had said on ABC Canberra, quote, treating addiction is a, as a health issue is a significant change from where we've been. He goes on to say the law enforcement focus needs to be on those that are actually dealing with drugs. So that's from the Chief. Um, the AFP. Policeman, yeah. police officer in the ACT, how the laws will apply, and this is really important, under the new laws, anyone found with a certain amount of drugs that falls within the threshold would be fined, but not charged with a criminal offence, and that's really important. Stephen Smith said, quote, the government is committed to continuing to focus on disrupting drug trafficking and reducing the supply of drugs through the justice system. Police and the ACT government are still working through important details only weeks out from the change. This includes information that support services will be on notices handed to those found in possession of drugs and the training to be provided to ACT police about the new laws, which is important. The government has not started a review of laws that will come into effect in early 2020 that decriminalise personal possession of cannabis. Gagan said these laws resulted in a 20% increase in use 
I wonder where he got that data from. Claim which police said was based on the Australian Criminal Intelligence Commission's wastewater treatment data. Aha! The dramatic wastewater treatment data. But while those figures show that cannabis use did increase in Canberra at this time, uh, it also increased in other capital cities too. So that tells a story in itself. The police's submission to the parliamentary inquiry into laws outlined the number of people who could be diverted from criminal justice system under the reforms. In the five years to 2020, there'd been more than 5,500 seizures of drugs that would have fallen below the threshold under the new laws, according to the submission. More than half of those found were for cannabis, with methamphetamine and cocaine making up the most of the remaining seizures. Anita Mills, the Chief Executive Officer of Alcohol, Tobacco and Avatada, Alcohol and Tobacco and Other Drugs Association, ACT, says it will important, be important to monitor whether those reforms actually result in more people receiving drug treatment. She says the association has provided advice to the government about how to evaluate the success of decriminalisation. She's quoted as saying, once personal possession of specific drugs is decriminalised, Ongoing monitoring and evaluation will be critical to develop an evidence-based program to ensure reforms are having the intended impact of reducing harm. Indeed. I'll just um, take another look at this uh, cartoon. and It's got um, the health minister basically wearing a Say Yes to Drugs T-shirt and um, a a divvy van um, put in a very scruffy-looking bloke with no shoes and long hair and a beard. Yeah. And he's saying... um, No no, no stigmatisation there. No, no, no. Fair fair, fair, um, representation. (laughs) Drugs uh, ruin lives, believe me. And Rachel's saying, well, what's he been smoking? Yeah. <laughs> and there's a syringe on the on the ground at, and it's yeah. all outside Canberra Central. I mean it's just yeah. just stigma and stereotyping. Yeah. The, no it, stereotyping there. It, it's yeah, it's it's so predictable. That's that's what gets me. Can't, yeah. can't you be a little bit more intelligent if you're gonna put a, well, yeah. a no campaign or apparently or, no. no. You don't have to be yeah, you can get media the less intelligent you are, the more media coverage you can get. Yeah, well, look, sadly, the um, propaganda of the last 60 years has very, very Penetrated hard. very heavily, yeah. And very heavily. Look, at what does it do? It just plays to those people who are already on their side, yeah? So, I mean, people who are open to discussion and the provision of information um, have been not reported widely yeah. in, the, in the media nationally. Yeah, it's not just ACT, it's national. Those people who do have a different perspective or have a harm minimisation perspective have been generally targeted in the media as being a bit too liberal, small L, liberal, for media's liking. But then you get things like the Canberra Weekly or the City News, Canberra... City News or the Canberra Weekly. One of the free ones. And they, yeah, one of the free ones. And they, because they're not necessarily driven by uh, advertising, um, or they are driven by advertising, but their editorial um, perspective is often more close to the heart of try, the editor try. rather than, than the um, real estate trying institute. Trying to speak for about instance. the story. Yeah, they're yeah. trying to speak about the guts of it, not about the periphery um yeah it's much more you get a, a broader basis if you like for the discussion a more reality check 
Yeah. Anyway, the Guardian piece goes on about the uh, experience overseas, and it says in February that uh, Gagan and a, a delegation of other government and health officials from the ACT travelled to Vancouver, San Francisco, and Portland to see how decriminalisation worked in those jurisdictions. Well, there's a bit of a difference uh, in um, those cities, and certainly Portland was um, set up without any um, of Input. the well, well, without any of the uh, resources needed to support such a change in the law. You know yep. what I mean? It was done without much thought about how to do it successfully. And it's just across the border from Canada too, so yeah. they probably had to do it with a mind to what was happening there. Yeah? Well, Oregon's well, pretty far north of the I think the they Northwest. should have looked at Portugal, which, while far from being perfect, it's still considered a success for yes. decriminalisation reforms. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it depends. You can take the outlook that you choose, you know, based on... Absolutely, yep. Um and it goes and look and, and the US. Let's be honest. Um, the US has got a lot of social problems, whether it be gun violence, mental health, um, inequality, poverty. poverty. I mean, mm. it's not just drugs. It's no. uh, drugs is a symptom. It's more of a symptom. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's um, anyway, uh, Chris said um, others with within the sector say it's impossible to compare North America, which is grappling with unprecedented levels of opioid-related deaths, predominantly linked to fentanyl with the Australian Capital Territory. Well, see, that's another thing. They had, North America had that absolute massive influx of... Um, Fentanyl, and that was largely because of the the prices that they could get for it. Yes. And they ended up killing... Tens of thousands Tens of, of thousands of Americans. And then it went further north into Canada. Well, why don't we ever question what is it about society that makes people want to overdo um, their drug taking or... Well, I don't think with fentanyl they didn't really, did they? They no, thought they were so taking the same amount. It was more of the same, but they just had a stronger drug. So, you know, the can test facility yep. would have been absolutely essential mm. when they were invaded with this new drug that they didn't know anything about. And, you know, from remember day one when we heard about fentanyl, it was a thousand times stronger than That's heroin. Right. And, you know, the data was it kind kept of... kept changing, didn't it, it? Absolutely, until we got down to the point where it's actually 50 times stronger than heroin. Yeah. But it depends on your heroin too. The right, You know, the heroin quality in Canberra has been between 20% and 80% or 60% yeah. over the last few months. So how do we know whether it's 50 times stronger than 60% or 50 times stronger than... Than twenty percent because that's important. But one of the philosophical things that I have a problem with is it's always individualised, isn't it? Yes. It's like that person. There's something wrong with them. Yeah. They haven't got uh, you know character or strength or yeah. whatever. They're just um, weak people, etc. You know, yeah. they never look at well, what's the state of inequality or the state of society or access to opportunity. I mean, things have changed a lot from when we were young in yep. Australia. It's almost unrecognisable. Well, you know, that cartoon would have had somebody that you were just talking yep. about earlier, Geoffrey, that would have been an Aboriginal, an Indigenous, a First yes. Nations Australian, yep. Yep. until they brought out the discriminatory stuff where you couldn't say. And, in fact, now when we hear the news, somebody who's running around with machete, they don't mm. actually talk about colour. They don't talk about origin, you know, or ethnicity anymore. And they used to yeah. regularly in the media until they were told they weren't allowed to do it anymore. It became illegal yep. to discriminate. Not illegal to discriminate against injecting drug users, no, I might add. fair game. Absolutely. Absolutely fair game. Okay. Um, it said, yeah, uh, Chris said um, it was impossible to compare 
North America, which is grappling with unprecedented levels of opioid-related deaths, predominantly linked to fentanyl. Governments in North America are simply trying everything in a desperate bid to overturn a catastrophe, sometimes without increasing funding for support services. And that's a very important more point. More often than not. Yeah, actually. more often than not. It's just... Um, Let's just try something, you know. Yeah, they, they ref, you know, federally, they'll refer you off to a particular kind of service, but they haven't funded the service to exist. Yeah. So we're talking about 52 states or 50 states of which, you know, 26 don't have any such mm. needle and syringe exchange program yes. available, for instance. Or they don't have a connection with current drug users. Yep. Currently using people um, currently using a dirty drugs. word. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, Goff says he was told by others on the trip. They also told him that where decriminalisation was working, it was because of the strong relationship support services, like his, had with, with police. police yep. This is why our relationship is so important, because what I've heard is working in America was that where there were good relationships between police and support services, there's been enormous steps forward, uh, Chris said. Where it hasn't worked so well is where there hasn't been that connection. And mm. that's a very important um, it is point important. in the argument. And I think that's, you know, reflected in the fact that Chris was actually disappointed that Gagan came out and said that yeah, stuff in the media. Yeah, it's unnecessary. But my feeling is that he was probably confronted with a soundbite opportunity yeah. as opposed to making a considered statement. Look, about and, and being reflected as stuff, uh, you get five seconds yeah. or fifteen seconds to do soundbite stuff, and then you're that's you know you're actually recorded as having said that forevermore. Yeah, things can be taken. Well, are usually taken Very out of context. Very often taken but, out of context. All right, we'll try another CD. From Fingers crossed. <laughs> this is um, yeah, I'm, I'm leaving that one alone. Okay. I think the Beatles. Um, while my oh, guitar yes. gently weeps, That's which great. you've also picked. Yeah, and uh, that was numbered number seven. Yep. On the and it's actually numbered on the CD, yes. so this should be the right song. But thanks, Jack. Yeah. Cheers, Jack. <laughs> Don't 
All right. That was uh, the Beatles and Wild My Guitar Gently Weeps, well, which has really, always um, been one of my favourites. Yeah, more importantly, it's one of George Harrison's, and you can tell because of the amount of uh, lead guitar in it. He actually he wrote it, and it was oh, okay. very early in the days when... Uh, Really, the large, largely the Beatles songs were Lennon McCartney songs, um, but George was writing fairly prolifically and and was a bit, I guess, pissed Put that out. he wasn't getting yep. um, any recording time, and that was an excellent one. Of course, he did My Sweet Lord and then got yeah. done like a doggy's dinner in the courts for having four points, you yeah, know, four yeah. notes really, yep. the beginning of the. Record, which yeah. was bump, 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 you know, yeah. taken from uh, well, He's My Guy, which was much decide. earlier. They did, and he paid the price for it, but there you go. Look, before we get on to uh, a very good article about expanding can tests around Australia, I thought I'd just summarise a little bit of the uh, Riot Act article, and it um, basically yeah, covers is... what we talked about in the... Um... But just has quantities in it, doesn't it? Um, yeah, or well, it just says uh, if the matter proceeds to court, the person will no longer face imprisonment, but rather a maximum $160 fine, one penalty unit, uh, reduced from 50 penalty units and or two years in prison. So the new legislation also reduces the maximum prison sentence for personal possession of drugs above a small amount. Okay. Uh, Chris Goff has said there's still some confusion in the community about what the laws are. Well, that's clear. Clear. Yeah. We're helping ACT Health and the AC government to do some of that communication, adding that Karma will be rolling out a campaign around this topic, which oh, is good. really, really good. It is good. Uh, Chris acknowledged it's quite a tricky law as the possession limits the government is using don't follow the drug trafficking threat threshold that distinguishes between users and traffickers. Instead, mm. it uses a new, quote, small quantities amount. Mm. So no wonder there's confusion. Yeah. Um, Chris explained that the new law follows the same path as the ACT's decriminalisation of cannabis, which first started in 1992. Um, Drugs of Dependence Amendment Act uh, 92 created the simple cannabis offence for yeah. possession of amounts under 25 grams, much as much the same as the single simple drug offence notice came into effect in October. The simple drug offence notice is very well trodden. We did it in 1992. Now we've decided society's comfortable to go the next step. And Chris said he has no reason to believe the laws will cause a rise in drug use. Rather, this uh, decriminalisation has been shown to help break down the stigma and shame associated with drug use and encourages people to seek help. And that was what the article, the last article yeah. said too. It, it, only, it incre I mean, it wasn't the change in law that increased the amount of drug use because it increased everywhere in Australia. It's more likely to be the result of people staying at home and being ill because of COVID mm. um, and being restricted in their movements from their household from outside their house, that that was how they were able to get away with using more smoking dope, yeah? Look, the trick to making decrim work is to provide the wraparound support services. That's and right. the last line from Chris is, Karma's preparing to expand its services to ensure it can support more people looking to treat substance uh, dependency, including expanding its clinic rooms and community care centre to add more consultation rooms. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I agree completely. Um, we need we need services. Well, it's not something you can argue against, really, can you? When no. Inevitably, we're going to be requiring further services if you provide um, something that is contrary to current operations. Yep. You're going to require services to support. Indeed, that in, it's that, obvious. That yeah. Provision, yeah, you know? it's obvious. Yep. Yeah, let's see. Look, it's a modest reform. Let's give it a chance. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
this piece calls to ta- uh, take Canberra's drug checking service can test on the road to better help Australians addicted to harder drugs was uh, posted on ABC News website uh, Sunday. Um, so that was yes, uh, day before yesterday. Yeah. Uh, Donna, not a real name, uses heroin uh, every every day, and for years has only been able to guess what she's been injecting into her veins. I always get it from the same dealer, and they get it from the same person. She said, "Well, she hopes." Yeah. Uh, but Donna said, regardless of the precautions she attempted to, to take, reports of deadly synthetic drugs like fentanyl contaminating Australia's drug supply did leave her worried. Three months ago, there was a batch going around that was killing people, she said. They weren't even being able to bring them back with uh, Narcan or Naloxone. Mm. So for the first time, she decided to take a sample of the heroin she'd bought to Australia's first public drug checking facility, CanTest, in the centre of Canberra. Must have been handy, yeah? Mm. In just over a year of operation, CanTest has checked 1,250 samples of recreational drugs like ecstasy, LSD, ketamine and cocaine, as well as other drugs like those of dependence on heroin and uh, methamphetamine, not ice. The facility has confirmed what authorities uh, had long warned, that each link with it, the illicit drug trade is in it uh, for themselves. Dealers often dilute drugs, mixing in chemicals that stretch their stash and their cash as far as possible. And judging by some of the dangerous chemicals detected in Canberra's drugs, it all con- also confirms that the... The scant regard many drug kingpins had for the risk, the safety of those at the bottom of the chain, those who use the drug products, people like Donna. Directions Health uh, Chief Operating Officer Stephanie Stevens says that about half of all tests conducted at the centre, uh, the drugs contain those drugs contained unexpected substances, most commonly so-called party drugs like ketamine, MDMA or ecstasy or cocaine, were cut with caffeine, paracetamol, sugar or baking soda. But there were other more harmful substances, uh, chemicals like anaesthetic drugs, lidocaine and procaine, and a compound never before detected in Australia known as Kanket. Well, people don't have a clue what they're getting, do no. they? No. Well, I wouldn't know if I saw Kanket either. No. Uh, Miss Stevens said we know we've identified drugs that were potentially lethal that people would otherwise have taken had Kantes not been there to test. The uh, metanitazine we detected earlier this year was thought to be an oxy tablet. And instead, <laughs> it was a lethal synthetic opiate. Mm. We detected a drug that led to the death of four young men in Melbourne several years ago, which would otherwise have been consumed. So we're certainly adapting our methods to make sure we try and match the drug market. Is CanTest reaching those most in need uh, or who need it most? Convincing recreational users to get their drugs tested is one thing, but cracking the community of Canberrans dependent on so-called harder drugs like heroin and ice is another challenge entirely. Miss Stevens said it was a problem CanTest was working to overcome. Mm. The death of a young person uh, to a party drug is seen with a lot more sympathy and tragedy, sadly, than the equivalent deaths of other people in our community who often go unseen, she said. The fact that we penalise and we criminalise drug use means that people who are using illicit substances are more likely to hide um, that use and avoid interacting with health professionals. In order for Cantes to reach users of other drugs, there are calls to make drug testing serv- to take the drug testing service on the road. Mark Ranson is an outreach worker with Reclink, Reclink Australia, providing welfare support 
to tenants in Canberra's high-density public housing blocks. And here's the same potentially dead, the potentially deadly consequences of contaminated drugs. The ice at the moment, I don't know what's in it, but it's really turning people into hypo-aggressive individuals, Mr Ranson says. And as we've said many times, there was a deliberate decision by organised drug cartels to flood Australia with ice. Yeah. We've seen that just the other day with people who I know use pretty much every day and their behaviour is off the scale. And sometimes yeah. it's not because it's bad, it's because it's way stronger or more pure. That can have the same impact. As someone who finds himself first on the scene of an overdose, often, Mr Ransom keeps a store of naloxone, uh, known in health circles as an opioid antagonist, and often the first line of treatment for overdose. Well, that'll work for opiates, but it won't right. work for us. He uses Nixoid, the nasal spray, that's what we give out, that mm. usually uh, quickly reverses the potential lethal effects of drugs like heroin. Well, judging by that picture, Jeffrey, I'd say he'd been going to the training courses. Yeah, yeah it looks like it, doesn't yeah, it? it looks yeah. like one of the kits that Dave would day my hands out. Yeah, it does. Although he's not a health worker, Mr. Ransom said he's sometimes been forced to administer multiple doses of naloxone and perform CPR until emergency crews arrive. He said, while Kentest was doing a great job of helping to keep contaminated drugs off the streets, many people he works with would be wary of accessing the drug testing service. Mm. The people that I support in the inner north are unlikely to go and use that service. I'd say the Kentest service is more for the kids in the party drugs. Well, I guess that's what it was designed for in the first place, wasn't it? Most of these guys are in need, and once they score, they'll want to use it. They're not going to spend another hour walking into town and then coming back and saying, oh, it's okay or it's not. He said the service should be brought right to the public housing communities through a mobile or outreach program. It's a model direction health said had worked overseas. Certainly we'd like to be more accessible for those who can't make it in, Ms Stevens said. In other countries, they have mail-ins and outreach services. That's certainly not where we're at as yet, as far as the model goes into the ACT. But over time, hopefully, we'll keep adapting to really meet the needs of the community. Donna's drug test gives her more and less than she bargained for. When Donna handed over her drugs to Cantest staff, she asked a series of questions, including... What do you think this sample is? Do you think it's heroin? There's actually a picture of the sample, I assume, that she's handed over. Well, that's what I asked for when I bought it, she said, but the test results revealed a nasty surprise. Her sample contained just 20% heroin, with the other 80% being filler. The CanTest computer scan also identified a second substance, MSM, methyl sulfonyl methane, or MSM, commonly sold over the counter as an anti-inflammatory. I mean, you don't know what's cut. No, uh, no. It's, it's a black market. But more worryingly, the test also identified chemicals in Donna's sample that were unknown to can test and re- required further analysis. And I think there's been three such occasions where there have been substances that, that they haven't been, haven't able, to been able to identify. Yeah. yeah, that's a real worry. Donna was given the chance to safely dispose of her drugs if she wished, but elected to keep and use them. It hasn't killed me yet, she said. The CanTest service recently received continued ACT government funding until at least the end of 2024 to continue operating its dropping testing clinic two days a week. Beyond that, its fate is uncertain. In October this year, of course, as we've discussed, uh, Australian First Laws come into effect decriminalising the possession of small amounts of a wide range of illicit drugs in the ACT. Health experts hope that will encourage people dependent on drugs to seek further help for their dependency, including rehab and drug testing services. Well, that's mm. that's the whole reason, isn't it? Of having well, fundamentally, the <clears throat> I think that they, uh, the permission to operate 
was fundamentally based on the the fact of referral accessibility, you know, that you could get uh, referred on if you required it. Yeah, look, I'd like to see um, can test services or expanded, like, yeah, yeah and, or, and maybe made universally available. That would be a good thing. Uh, timing is also an issue, but it's... Look, we've been asking for evidence and, I mean, obviously it's... Evidence-based? The society based? asks for yeah. evidence-based services and when they get them, what do they do with the evidence? It's about whether it's timely or not to respond to that evidence, what the what the research says. Um, New South Wales, you know, we yeah. often quote that when Gladys Berejiklian asked for a report on what was happening in the ice scene, she got the report and ignored, ignored every yeah. bit of it. Didn't take one of the recommendations. I know. Applied. It 150 or something recommendations. 115 the whole lot. just ended up in the bottom of the drawer. Yeah, it was just, you know, it was a, a, a token gesture, yeah? Must be really disheartening. Send it off to a committee and then by the time it comes back, hopefully you'll be out of office. Well, we haven't heard much from the new Labor government about, um, I think they're talking about a drug summit. I mean, we've had a few of those in New South Wales. We always have drug summits. It's a bit like having a First Nations summit. I remember. um, Bring in the research and the reports, find us the information and we'll do what we want with it. We had one back in the 90s when Carr was Premier of New South Wales. I had I one in the 80s when yeah. um, when Hawke was um, the Prime Minister of Australia and yeah. that was the one that produced a national campaign against drug abuse. There's no um, shortage of no, reports. There's plenty yeah. of information, but up-to-date information is always going to be an issue. And it's the What's courage. happening this year and what do we do about that as opposed to what happened 30 years ago in 1984? 1994. And the courage of politicians to actually to do something take about on it. Yeah. the obvious backlash. And it's often about personal impact, oh, isn't too. it? Yeah. 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 If it's um, been influenced or affected you personally, you're more likely... You're more likely to f- operate on it because you've asked for it on the basis of what's happening in your family. Thought I'd play this old classic in Jury, Sex yeah. and Drugs and Rock and Roll for I a bit of a... I think it's very, ta- very up, telling. Up-tempo, yeah, this um, one. bit of a fun one. And drugs and rock and roll Is all my brain and body need Sex and drugs and rock and roll It's very good indeed Keep your silly ways Or throw them out the window The wisdom of your ways I've been there and I know Lots of other ways If all you ever do is business you don't like Sex and drugs and rock and roll Sex and drugs and rock and roll Sex and drugs and rock and roll is very good indeed Every bit of clothing ought to make you pretty You can cut the clothing Grey is such a pity I should wear the clothing Of Mr Walter Mitty See my tailor He's called Simon I know it's going to fit It's a little bit of advice You're quite welcome It is free Don't do nothing 
that is cut brush You know what they'll make you be They will try their tricky device Trap you with the ordinary Get your teeth into a small slice The cake of liberty And rock and roll Sex and drugs and rock and roll Sex and drugs and rock and roll Sex and drugs and rock and roll It's uh, what, about 11 minutes to noon. You're listening to News from the Drug Warfront, brought to you by Canberra, the Canberra Alliance for Home Minimisation and Advocacy, and the Connection, uh, same similar service for First Nations clients. Got a piece from the US, federal marijuana rescheduling is just a step on the path to legalisation, which would be huge, given a lot of states it is legal, but federally it's not. Yeah. Congressional lawmakers might be encouraged by news that the top U.S. Health Agency is recommending marijuana rescheduling. This is the thin edge of the wedge thing. Like, are we talking about it negatively or positively? Oh, if they make it, if they get rid of it being Schedule 1, no medical benefit whatsoever, people will be able to get a bank account if they run a marijuana business. This Which has huge. been one of the, yeah. I mean, the federal um, classification What's, has been a real <coughs> impediment. Yeah, that's true, yes. Uh, some, like Senator Elizabeth Warren, Democrat, uh, and John Hinkenlooper, also Democrat, are stressing this is just a step in the right direction as they pursue legalisation. Scores of legislators, including Republicans, have applauded the US Department of Health and Human Services for advising the Drug Enforcement Administration, DEA, to move cannabis from Schedule 1 to Schedule 3 in the Controlled Substances Act. Some have even claimed credit for the move, pointing to the years of advocacy around marijuana reform. Yeah, yeah, I did it. They'll take the credit. Yeah. But while there's largely consensus around the idea that cannabis does not belong in Schedule 1 along drugs like heroin, well, maybe heroin doesn't belong there either, marijuana would still remain generally prohibited under federal law as a Schedule 3 substance. It would remove research barriers and allow state-licensed cannabis businesses to make federal tax deductions, among other political implications. But advocates as well as key lawmakers don't view rescheduling as the end goal. I've long urged federal action to begin repairing the harms from unjust drug laws and build a more equitable cannabis industry, Warren said on Friday. Uh, This move by the uh, Human Health Services is an important step um, and we must do more to end the federal government's harmful criminalisation of cannabis I think that's, that's good to quite read. true. Elizabeth yeah. Warren was the one that got shot, wasn't she? 
uh, many years ago. Yes, she was, I think a was senator. I think it was another Democrat that got shot. Um, survived. Was her name Warren? I don't don't think it was. I a, have a feeling Elizabeth that Warren. she was the one that hauled herself in to vote for Obama's. Um, no, you're thinking of um, John McCain. No, it was no? a woman. I'll quickly look it up. She but, uh, just got out of a surgery and she dragged herself in to vote for the health care bill. Pretty sure it wasn't Elizabeth Warren, but I'll double check. Okay. United States Senate. Anyway, Hickenlooper, who re- represents one of the first states to enact adult use legis- legalisation, also said that the rescheduling recommend- recommendation, quote, is definitely a step in the right direction. However, if we truly want to regulate marijuana while prioritising social equity, descheduling is the only option. Um, Senator Jackie Rosen said HHH's cannabis recommendation to the DEA, which was based on an 11-month scientific review that was carried out under a directive from President Joe Biden, is, quote, another important step towards rescheduling cannabis. In Nevada... Quote, we've seen the positive impacts of regulating cannabis since 2017. The Senate has said, this is a Democratic Senate, uh, Senator Jackie Rosen. The Senate has said, I'll keep working in the Senate to make sure we act on common sense cannabis reform. Um, I just checked it up online. Gabby Giffords is the name of the woman of a shot. Isn't that strange? I wonder why I thought it was Elizabeth Warren. January 2011, victim of an assassination attempt. She's a Democratic politician from Tucson, Arizona. Yeah. Yeah, and I didn't think it was Elizabeth Warren. Um, I I don't follow US politics that closely. Yeah, no, it was just, it was actually quite uh, potent at the time. Mind you, there's so many shootings in uh, the US, it's hard to keep up. Yes. But anyway, that's very, very encouraging um, that that is even being considered. Yeah. As, uh, there's a, another page. State officials like California's tap, top marijuana regulator also have weighed in on the potential loosening of federal cannabis restrictions. Quote, HHS's recommendation follows the science and comes to the same conclusion California reached decades ago. Cannabis has medical value. Well, that's, I think that's the point to take it from that part of the legislation that says it's got no medical value to the fact that it has got medical value substantially been supported by research. California Department of Cannabis Control Director Nicole Elliott said in a statement to Marijuana Moment on Wednesday, this recommendation is important. It's the most uh, progress made to date in modernising federal laws related to cannabis. It's a symbol of more progress to come, she said. As this process remains underway, we'll continue our work building a legal market that best serves California and uh, and eventually the nation. I mean, if a country is divided and partisan as the US can it's a, well, yes, be considering... Well, yes, they can come together about yeah. it. But you note that every comment is from a Democrat. Yeah. So but, they're clearly but, supporting Biden in this anyway. I would have thought... Republicans would support it on the basis of supporting small business, you know. it's. Uh, op- uh, look, I think they're in a, a bit of a political world at the moment. Trying to deal with I Trump. Think the Republicans and- <laughs> got to deal with their own candidate for the next presidential election and they don't want to say anything about, nothing about nowhere, no one nowhere because they've got Trump in the offing. Yeah. And he might be in. 
well, he's way ahead in the polls for the um, nomination of the Republican Party. That's a problem in and itself. And Joe Biden's age is um, Operating a problem for him. a lot of people, yep. even though Trump's only two years younger, I think, or three years younger. It's not like a huge difference. As um, I thought he was 70-something. 70 78, I think, 70. And is Biden 80, 80? I thought he was 81. But he can't be that old. No. Yeah. But, I mean, they're both. Can't we find, can't the US find yeah. a decent nominee? Get some younger people. Yeah, well, they did. They got. <laughs> Bit of vigour. They got Obama. And what happened? They turned him grey in four years. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. And I think that was a missed so opportunity on his rapidly part. Rapidly ageing process. You know, he dropped a lot of drones and killed a lot of people in Pakistan and, yeah. um, you know, countries in that part of the world. But um, I don't know. I think he could have done more for opportunity and inequality. And look, I think he – look, uh, uh, like if you have a look at what happened, Trump actually did a lot by presidential decree and that's what I think Obama had to do too. Yeah. It's just that it wasn't made public that he was doing it by presidential decree. But if he took anything to wherever the Republicans were controlling, either the House or the Senate, then he was not going to win. Yeah. Because it was a Democratic president with it's a Republican Incredibly majority. divided. It's incredible. It, well, same as incredibly Australia, well armed. Really, you know, we're not really in the much different position. We've got a problem with um, the weight of numbers and with the Greens playing power games. And At least we're not armed with assault weapons. <laughs> well, that is, that is a, yeah, that's a... Slight improvement. A great improvement. Look, um, really. it said, um, I didn't come across this a bit earlier in the poll of articles, um, but the Bill Bush from Families and Friends for Drug Law Reform had oh, a piece yeah. in the Canberra Times which um, is actually worth reading, which if... if Bill's stuff is often very... Yeah, good. Um, yeah. Maybe maybe we'll cover it next week, but it is very sensible and um, measured. Measured, and which all- is the way that he approaches things. He's a good arguer. He is. He makes very good points, and it it gets to the heart of things. And Bill is an emotional person, not overtly emotional, but he gets to other people's hearts as well. I like the way he writes and the way he argues. I like his, his writing. Point. Yeah, maybe because he agrees with us. <laughs> it can be a bit verbose, public speaking, but it's a brilliant piece and we'll cover it next week. Yeah. But that's it for this week's uh, News from the Drug War Front. Hope you found something of interest. You can always go uh, to Canberra's uh, Karma's yeah, website. lovely to have you back again, Jeffrey. Yeah. We didn't talk about the um, old uh, drug users conference that you went to, but oh. maybe we can talk about that next week yeah, because actually, I'd like to know about that it's a bit more. a lot more. better than I was expecting. But, yeah, well, I'll give a a report next week. Yeah, we'll bring us your paper maybe so yeah. I can have a look at it and tell people what happened because it's really an issue for me and for many All, other people. A whole lot of people. We'll leave you a bit of golden brown and yep. be back next week. We'll Take love care. you. Take care of yourselves. Bye, Talk everyone. to you next week. Bye. Texture like sun Lays me down With my mind she runs Throughout the night No need to fight Never a frown With golden brown Every time Just like the last On her ship Tied to the mast Two distant lands Takes both my hands 
golden brown Fine attemptress Through the ages she's heading west From far away Stays for a day Never a friend